Welcome back to the Project Happy Place podcast. I'm thrilled to be recording another episode, especially with a co-host this time. Uh, Nicole on our team will be joining us and asking some questions of our guest. So our next guest has actually been on the podcast, but we've invited her back based on a recent experience we had with our team offsite. Vun is the founder and CEO of WorkSmart, where she develops teams and leaders through the use of creative integration, which means all her work is done through creativity, play, and shared experiences. Her work helps companies tap into creativity at all levels of an organization to level the playing field and create environments where all ideas are heard. She is a mom to a 10-year-old, three dogs, and a hamster. So welcome back to the podcast, Fun. Hello, Jane. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for having me back. Anytime. You are a good friend of ours. And I think what I like also in your bio is how you talk about leveling the playing field, which is so important, especially in small teams like ours, where Mm -hmm. everyone feels like they have a voice and a role. So we'll just jump kind of right into the first question. For those that are not familiar with you and your work, what inspired you to focus on employee development and workplace culture And how do you take these approaches differently than other consulting agencies? Well, that's a question that kind of goes back to my own experience working in the corporate environment where I didn't feel like my voice was heard and I didn't feel like I had any space for creativity. Um, So, you know, I was in this corporate environment for about nine years and Then some things happened in my personal life, like I had a baby and then my brother was in a motorcycle accident where I ended up taking care of him for about a year as he recovered and raising my child. And both those two things made me realize I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be in this corporate environment where I don't have a voice. I can't be myself. I wanted my son to have a mom who does something she loves and have that example and um, seeing what happened to my brother and how close to death he was like, you know, life is short. I got to do something that that makes an impact and something you really believe in. And my work, I've always been creative ever since I was a little girl and my work in the corporate environment had been around learning and development. So when I left, I thought, how can I pair the two of those things so that people who don't have the privilege or the luxury of leaving don't feel like they have to, that creativity and can be part of the workplace culture. So at first, what that looked like was me bringing in arts and crafts supplies and saying, hey, can I just come and do art projects with your with your staff on a Friday afternoon? And nobody said yes, right? Like really no one said yes to that. So then I, so then I changed it up a little bit and I connected it to some personal and professional development um, topics. So it was, hey, can I come in and talk about personal and professional development topics? And then we're gonna do an art project at the end. And a couple people said yes. And then it evolved into, okay, so companies want an ROI on this thing. So what does that look like? And that's when I developed WorkSmart and decided to tie in this idea of creativity and creative integration into team and leadership development workshops and programs. And my creative creative art projects became creative artifacts. And people tended to, to really like that term creative artifacts because what it really did for me was it allowed me to do the exact same thing, bring in creativity to the workplace, but now I tied it to something that was meaningful. So to develop teams, to develop team culture and to develop leadership. 
And, and that's what I've been running ever since. And for me, it was bringing in my form of creativity is hands-on making. I know Jane in the back, your background right here, um, we can't see it on this, this podcast, but she has some of the artifacts that we've made in some of my workshops. And then I expanded my idea of what creativity was. I bring in now a spoken word artist, an improv artist, a DJ, so that people can really learn from all different methodologies of creativity. That's awesome. And recently when we went on our team retreat with Contenta, we had you participate where you started day one with Lego Serious Play. Can you tell us a little bit about Lego Serious Play, how you learned about it, and how you started bringing that into your work? Yes. Yeah, so first of all, I love your retreat. I had, I mean, it really brought me back to the beginnings of the work I do and how much I really enjoy working in small team dynamics. Um, so Lego series play. So again, when I first started my business, I made it up, right? Oh, I'm going to bring creativity into the workplace for team and leadership development. So I thought it was like out there on my own doing this. And then I heard of a um, a conference called Creative Problem Solving Institute that happens every summer up in Buffalo, New York, and I went. And at this place, I look back, I'm like, it almost was like magical. I feel like there were like fairies flying around <laughs> and butterflies and rainbows, but it was filled with 300 plus people who do not exactly the work I do, but similar work, right? This idea of creative problem solving, how do you bring creativity into education, um, children's education and adult education. And there was a woman there wearing a workshop. Her name was Jackie Lloyd-Smith. And she is the founder of Strategic Play. And she did a workshop on Lego Series Play. So Lego Series Play is a facilitation methodology that was initially started by the Lego group when they were going, in the, going through in the 90s some, some challenges, some disruption. And they brought in this organizational theorist to help them and a strategist to help them. And they came up with this methodology called Lego Series Play, where they had these executives strategizing by thinking with their hands, building ideas and sharing ideas. Um, in in that what we talked we talked about before jane that leveling the playing field where everyone builds an idea and everyone gets to share their idea so that methodology when i first learned it i learned it for teams and groups so it was like a full half day or full day workshop on and it was very structured right like this is how you run a whole day of lego series play but in the years since what i've done is i've just incorporated lego as you saw i incorporate lego series play into the work i do um, so that I'm using all different methodologies within one retreat, one workshop, rather than just a full Lego series play um, workshop. Yeah, it's incredible. I think what you said originally too, where you wanted to bring in arts and crafts and then they said no, but then you kind of found your sneaky way to bring it in anyway. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's what I felt about the retreat. You were almost a ninja in your approach. Because people oftentimes sit down and we had our box of Legos. And when is the last time a grown adult played with Legos for themselves? Right. Uh, right. Yep. You can build them for your kids, but it's a whole other experience to be doing it for yourself. So people sit down and it's already memorable because that's something that they don't often do. And then you kind of had to start with some prompts that were pretty lighthearted. This is great. Okay. And then it kind of built on that throughout the entire retreat. By day two, I feel as though people were super candid, open. And I think it's because we started with the, the groundwork and made it, you know, leveling the playing field and also just made people 
get outside of their normal comfort zone. So it kind of like unleashed this other side of people where they felt comfortable mm -hmm. being more transparent and open. Yeah. Well, I always talk about the fact that, you know, as human beings, we're innately curious and creative and playful. So when we when we allow people that space, it might feel uncomfortable at first. But again, like this whole idea of tiptoeing into your playfulness, tiptoeing into your creativity like a ninja, then everyone's eventually going to open up to it because there's just it's just who we are naturally. Well, then I think even Nicole and Rosin, you can talk to it a little bit more. Nicole, we're connecting with each other a week or so ago and thinking on how we can keep this Lego serious play going mm -hmm. with our team meeting. So Nicole, I don't know if you want to share a little bit more about your ideas or what inspired you both to think about a way to continue with our yeah. Legos. Yeah, Roz and I were talking about it and we were thinking about how impactful some of those prompts were and just how it got us really thinking about ourselves and then learning about our team. So we had an idea of maybe once a month at our team meetings, having a prompt related to what's going on with our team right now mm -hmm. and problems we're facing and having us do a build regarding that, just because we realized how much easier it was to kind of build something and share that rather than just maybe sharing how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And I've never had an experience like that before. And I think that that was, was, was what made it so unique and impactful. And we saw right after the retreat, how that kind of changed our team. So we definitely wanted to keep that trajectory going. Well, that's amazing. And, and, and you guys totally got it, right? What you just said, Nicole, is exactly what Lego Series Play is meant to do, is this idea of making your invisible ideas visible. Mm -hmm. And think about if we had just sat in a circle and said, you know, what are some of the challenges you're going through at work? Or what, are, you know, um, or talk about an accomplishment. It gets people thinking, it gets people in their heads too much when you ask a question and ask, and ask someone to say the words out loud. But when you build it as a model and you have something to point to and share your ideas as a visible object, it just makes it much easier to share. And that's exactly what you got out of that. And that's why I always, I leave you with that kit, right? I, I always tell people like, this is not for your dogs or your kids. <laughs> like this is, these are, these are not toys. These are your tools. So the way you want to use that to continue to build ideas and, and prompt each other to build, um, build at your meetings, I think is the perfect way to use it. Additionally, I think whenever we hire a speaker or a facilitator, every company ultimately wants that ROI, like you mentioned. And a lot of the times we'll hear a talk, you leave the room, and that's the end of it. It might have brought you to tears. It might have been really inspirational in the moment. But the bottom line is you walk out of the ballroom and they're not thinking about that talk ever again. But since the moment that I met you, I think because it's so unique and different, incorporating in Legos and creativity, you do, you do remember it and it has a lasting effect. So that was, I think what for me, you know, having you come on for our team was so impactful is the fact that the team members are then figuring out a way to keep it going mm -hmm. after the fact. Yeah. So there's a couple, I mean, and thank you for, I mean, you guys are like really 
helping me acknowledge my work and the impact I make <laughs> because you're saying all the things I'm intending to do. Right? Lego series play, this idea of, of getting your ideas that you might not say out loud into a model that you can speak to and opens you up a little bit more, makes you closer as a team. And then also the creative artifacts, like I came up with the creative artifacts, number one, because I just love creativity. And I am a, maybe it's for Catholic school upbringing, but I'm a copious note taker whenever mm -hmm. I go to meetings or conferences. And then that notebook gets shoved into a drawer and gets thrown away seven years later, right? Um, so this idea of having a creative artifact as a reminder of the work we did that day. And it's something that you've made with your hands and it's very memorable. And again, it allows you to be creative like some of the ones you've one of the ones one of the creative artifacts i came up with jane was from a suggestion from you i think you had come to one of my workshops and you mentioned how it became like creative became more part of your life so you start you were at the beach and picked up some rocks and start rock painting with your your kids and so now i have these grounding rocks that i use at the end of workshops where i say you know, write down a word or sketch an image on a rock that reminds you of the work we did today Completely. And I think with the creative artifacts and the ones that I have here that we've done with our team as well, it just it also goes back to vision boards and putting things out and visual, like the visualization of something. So not only is the Lego series play really impactful, but the creative artifacts that you do because it's a vision board. Because I'm a firm believer that if you look at it mm -hmm. and physically put it somewhere, it will happen. I mean, it is just magic, yeah. but it's another, it's almost as though these creative artifacts are vision boards for people to stay the course on what they want to do and achieve. Right. Um, so kind of going into segueing into day two of our retreat. So again, we started and you were the ninja that started with our Legos and we really were on a good groove. And then when we got into day two, that's when the real light bulb moments started to occur. And we did something with you called the predictive index and a relationship guide. I had never heard of the predictive index before. And for those listening that haven't heard of it, it's very similar to a strengths finder where you go in, complete the assessment ahead of time. So I went in, completed my assessment, took about five minutes, and they're so hard to complete because you're always second guessing things when you complete them. So I'm doing the best I can, complete it, then it generates the report. And I opened this report. And what I liked <laughs> about it was that it was very easy to read. It was about a one or two pager. And I'm reading it thinking, wow, like you know me so well. How did you hit the nail on the head? It was the most true to self, I would say, report I've ever seen. And mm -hmm. then the relationship guide, which was really unique as well, was between uh, team members. So you would get to see how you work well with other team members. So for a startup like ourselves, how do you use creativity and then the predictive index and help them prepare for team growth? Well, what you said about the predictive index is, is so right on when I did it myself. So the predictive index is literally like you just get a bunch of words on a page and you're asked to select words that reflect who you are. And then you're asked to do the same thing, but reflect words on how you think you should be right in the workplace. And then somehow magically, even with all your self-doubt about what you selected, it's, it pulls up this report that's so reflective of 
of who you are, particularly in the workplace, and is based on four factors. Um, number one is dominance, right? Right. The like, how do you like to influence people? Um, extroversion, like introversion, extroversion, and then also like your patience level, um, and then how formal you like to be. So, what's interesting about this report is that it allows you to not only understand yourself more, but then there's that, that other report, the, the placard, right? The placard basically has those three things on there or those four things on there. And then it says, you know, as if, if you're working with Nicole, you're like, Nicole, here's my placard. <laughs> you can even hang this up on your desk. Like, here's how I need to be treated, right? I like a lot of independence. I don't like being told what to do, right? Or some people are like, I really like a lot of information. Um, I like structure and I, um, I like to work in groups. So when you know that about the people you're working with, it's so much easier to work well together because human nature is to treat people the way you would want to be treated. So for me, I am someone who doesn't like a lot of information. You just tell me what to do and then leave me alone. And that's how I manage other people naturally. And that's not going to work, right? That's, I can't manage people the way I want to be managed. I need to manage and work with people the way they want to be communicated with. So I think that is the biggest um, benefit of the predictive index is you really get to know yourself and then you get to know how other people want to work well together. Um, and I love that it meant like that it really was impactful for your group because you are right now a small company. And it's so important that this good communication and trust and confidence in yourself and each other as you grow. Um, and I think, I think there are a couple things. I mean, I just would just love to hear from you. Like after knowing that, like how has your relationships changed? I'll let Nicole <laughs> take it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that for me, my own predictive index was so reflective just because I am still in college. And so I'm just kind of starting out in to like the career and professional space. So kind of learning about myself in that area was, I think, very important and also taught me how to work better just with myself and then also with our team I loved how there was also a diagram where it kind of placed our team members within like two crossed axes and kind of showed where we fell because it also showed that me and one of our team members Neil fell very similarly to each other and so that I think helped us kind of get to know each other better. And then also Roz and Jane were really close together. And then it kind of showed that we were lacking in two other areas. So now that we're like looking to hire more people and expand our team, I think that that really helps guide us with that. And then also in a one-on-one, -on -one, Jane and I went through our relationship guide and we kind of reflected on how accurate we felt it pretty much was. And also I loved that it provided also like cautionary areas of just like how to make sure that we can keep our relationship growing and not step on each other's toes mm -hmm. and I felt that it was just so helpful and I even noticed I don't know I remember something for Neil and I was like we really liked positive feedback on things that we did and just kind of seeing just in our slack channels how we kind of have implemented that so it definitely was very eye-opening Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I recall that too. And we did a combination of, you know, you read your reports and then we had you build who you are in Legos, right? Like with the Lego series play, like build what you want your team to know about you. And again, that was a perfect example of, I, cause Neil comes across, you know, I've worked with your team now at a couple of um, events and Neil just comes across as so, so confident, self, 
um, you know, self-motivated and he doesn't really need much, right? He's just go, he just goes, but to hear him, see him build something and say, I like, I need a lot of positive reinforcement. I think that was eye-opening for everyone on the team. And when else would he have said that except through understanding about himself through the predictive, predictive index and then having the freedom and playfulness of building it out of Lego to be able to share it in a way that was comfortable. Totally. And I think that what Nicole just said, I mean, why this work is so impactful is that we generally just start working with people, whether it be a new client or a new person on your team, and it's trial and error. And you're just doing the best you can based on what you learn along the way. But this really dives in way deeper to help show you. And it, a lot of the things weren't a surprise per se. But it was a good reminder on, wait, like you kind of know this works, but this is why it works. And that's mm -hmm. why I think it's so important. And that's why I want to do it with other people that I work closely with. Some of our clients, I mean, you form these relationships and you work so closely with them and you think, oh, we have a good thing going. Why bother doing this? But I'm of the mentality, why not make it better? Yeah. Why not right. work the people you, I mean, let's be honest, we all work so many hours of our day. Why not do it efficiently and effectively where the other person is going to be feeling like their voice is heard? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about building trust on a team, how important trust is on a team, you know, that we, you hear all the time in business, but how do you build trust? Yes, you can clearly build it over time and experience, but you're, like you said, Jane, knowing this predictive index, knowing how, how the people next to you want to be treated and spoken to and challenged, um, that just makes building trust even, it just happen faster. Mm -hmm. Completely. So kind of segueing into our next question, we do ask all of our guests to answer some questions. And you put down that your favorite book is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. So people probably know her by her work in Eat, Pray, Love, and then many of the other books that she's written since. And I loved Big Magic and her work. So that does not surprise me that that was her favorite <laughs> book. And I just wanted to see what about Liz's work really inspires you. Well, I know Jane, you and I are big believers in magic. And I really feel like this is what her work is about, is this idea of, of, of creating space in your life um, around creativity, around following curiosity that creates magical things to happen. Um, and for me, the one, the, the one part that I always talk about in her book is the chapter about how ideas work. And she talks about ideas coming to us because they need to be made manifest by a human being. So they'll swirl around, maybe tap us on the shoulder, maybe tap us several times on the shoulder because they want us to pay attention and make them real. Um, and if you don't, they'll go somewhere else to be made manifest. So I always think about that because, you know, Jane, the work you do, I mean, I know that you told, because we met at a time when you were not you know, running your own business and you just made it happen by following those curiosities and listening to those ideas and look at the magic you've created. And that's why I like this book, because it really gives you a practical way to just be like, OK, my ideas are coming to me for a reason and I need to take hold of them to create what I'm meant to do rather than just ignoring them. And I, I look at those ideas in terms of curiosity. 
So how do we pay attention to those curiosities? How do we pause and slow down enough that we're listening and we're taking steps to follow those curiosities? Um, particularly for me, her book is meaningful because the work I do is not like, I mean, I don't like, I, I call myself a creative culture strategist. Um, I bring creativity to the workplace. It's not like I went to school for that, right? There was not a career <laughs> path. And I was working with a business coach once and I told her like, it sometimes feel like, it sometimes feels like I don't know what's next. I don't know what I'm doing. And, she, and to me it was a negative, but she reframed that for me. She's like, well, good, right? Because the work you do is in creativity and helping other people be creative. So you're always coming up with new ideas and you're always going to be following your curiosity. So you shouldn't know what you're doing next. Uh, and that reframe really brought me back to this idea in the, in, in the book. It's like, okay, how do I just continue to listen to those ideas that tap me on the shoulder as I move forward? Awesome. <laughs> So we loved like our team building experience at our retreat and we've seen how it's helped our team work collaboratively and more effectively with each other. So kind of bouncing off of what you just said about maybe not always knowing what's next, what kind of excites you about your work with teams as you're looking to the future? I, I, I just, I think you can tell I love my work and I just, I just love being a share creativity and in a way and an environment that you wouldn't expect it. Um, the, there's two things I want to talk about is number one is as I've worked with clients and gone into businesses, what I have noticed is that this concept of developing teams or training leaders is often looked at as a one-off, right? Like, Oh, we're having communication problems. Let's bring in Bun to work on a, communications workshop. Um, but I don't think that's enough. So this idea of developing leaders over time is something I'm really passionate about now and educating people on. At first, when I started my business, was educating people on the value of creativity. And now I'm educate, educating people on the value of, of bringing creativity in for longitudinal learning. So how do you develop teams and leaders over the course of time, because development is a process. Um, so one of the programs I'm developing right now is called Leadership Canvas. So I've developed it, but I'm now bring it into the world. And it's a year long program where we go in every other month and work with a cohort of people in, within one organization to develop leadership skills. And we've done it with several clients now. And what I love about it is that at the end, it, it, I mean, clearly they've left with skills, but the one thing I keep hearing is what we're talking about now, like I, that they love the fact that they worked in a cohort, they, they were able to learn more about one another, um, be more empathetic to each other and, um, and, and build trust. So I think that is the highlight of, of long-term development. That's one thing. And another thing that I was talking to Jane about, again, that idea tapping me on the shoulder. And at first I'm like, I shouldn't bring this up to Jane, she's so busy. But of course I did, I'm like, Jane, your retreat, we must do this with more clients. <laughs> we must bring this to more people and have this, because we talked about what I brought to the retreat, but what, what, about the, what about you guys? Like, I know it was your retreat, but this is the work you do in gathering people and creating experiences that are just phenomenal. Um, and this retreat, the, the location you chose, you had, you had someone come in and, um, and do a dinner for us in, in the house, it, it was just an incredible environment for people to really gather in a small group and get to know each other in a really unique and special way. So 
I guess, Nicole, what I'm saying is I'm trying to talk Jane into partnering with me to do more of these retreats. <laughs> I will not lie. I pretty much inadvertently was typing out our team list and I started typing your name. So it's in the Meant universe already. Yes. <laughs> but I think what I obviously enjoy what we do and what you do is that I said this on a call last week. I think people have time is so limited and precious and people now when they travel or do something, whether it be for work or personally, want it to make a difference, want to leave, making sure there was an impact and they don't want to mess around waste time. So I feel like there's, you know, no longer a tolerance for subpar events. So a lot of people are rethinking the traditional model. Do I bring my team to an offsite in a different environment, whether it be a home or a retreat center versus a standard hotel? Obviously, there's limitations on the size of peop- the size of the group, but creating these more intimate experiences where people can be seen and heard and build trust. Because what I think matters the most is that people are so busy, they're working so quickly. And in my opinion, why not just work more effectively together? And that's what I think your work does. I'm of the mentality that if you can get your job done, you do the job and you go home and do something else for the day. It's all about the balance. So your work helps people work more efficiently together so that they can, when they show up for work, show up in their very best way, supporting each other, and then log off and go enjoy their personal life as well. So that's why I think your work is so impactful. And that's why I just obviously love working with you. Yes, that and the feeling is mutual. I think what you created on that retreat is something that was, I mean, I honestly, I was like, I was like, do I just want to do this? <laughs> do I just want to work with Jane on these small retreats? Because it is like it was it was literally to me magic, right? To gather a group of people to be able to do these activities that that allowed people to really open up. But I also believe that was the environment that you created that allowed that to happen. So um so I think together we're big magic, Jane. Yes, it is. <laughs> I actually have ironically started using the emoji of the wand lately. So I must be putting magic into I like the universe. It. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. Thank you for we, having me. Yes, we really enjoyed, like I said, the event and the retreat that we had as a team. It has a ripple effect as you and I are already going to be bringing it in and doing some work with one of our clients, which is so exciting. People, I've been just talking about it so much that people in my personal life want to do the relationship guide. So it can not only have an impact impact personally, but also professionally. And that is why we love working with you. So I think just, again, having you on this podcast is a way for people to learn more about your work. We're excited to do more of it and stay tuned to all for more guests like this really the platform of project happy place is to bring on people that we work closely with so that others can see how they can collaborate with these folks in their in their career so i will let nicole say any final words as she is our co-host of this week and then we will say farewell yes i was so excited to come on this podcast and talk about 
our work at the retreat, I also have been telling everyone that I know about what we did and how cool it was. And I also agree that it was definitely very magical. Well, there hey. will be more. Absolutely. <laughs> Mag you, you can't stop magic. Thank you.